It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 288, Quantum podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world. Um, I try to follow a particular pattern, but apologies for this week. I've got a few apologies to make. Uh, Firstly, I've got COVID and I've been pretty ill all week and uh, thankful to be able to record this. I'm thankful for the mercy of antivirals, which have been incredibly helpful. But it does mean that I've not been able to do as much work on this as I would normally do. Now, I would make you my usual promise of how it'll be shorter than usual, but I can't guarantee that. Uh, I also need to apologize for a couple of other things. Uh, this is number 288. Uh, 284 does not exist. I don't know why I skipped that number. So that will be the missing quantum. I did not remove it, as someone thought, because it was so bad or I was going to be sued. But um, no, it just I just got the numbers wrong. And then in our country of the week last week, and we won't have one this week, um, but the country of the week was Denmark. And um, can you believe I forgot to mention Queen Mary? Incredible. Mary from Tasmania, who's the first Australian queen, queen of Denmark. And then each week I'm doing five of my top 100 most listened to songs from Spotify, personal uh, listen to. And I'm only going to do three of them today because two of them will be used next week in this final, if I manage to get it done, this final special on Scotland. Um, Bear with me. We might put this out a little bit later next week because I've got a very busy week and hopefully it won't take me too long to recover. But I'm doing a lot of catch up. Uh, My number 84 song is this from the Beatles. kind of a weird song about themselves um looking through a glass onion yeah well uh, we keep reflecting on how weird a world is but i want to reflect on how wicked a world is there's something i heard this week that some of you may regard this as hyperbole but i honestly believe this is probably the wickedest and most evil thing i have heard in the past few years. It comes from the US. I'm not talking about Donald Trump winning the two primaries and looking as though he is going to be the candidate. Now, please listen to this, because this gets me in trouble, and every time I say something like this, there are people who say, ah, we're going to stop funding you because we love Donald Trump, or uh, we hate Donald Trump and you didn't say enough about him. Um, No, that's not how I operate. Um... I really struggle with Donald Trump, 
really struggle with them for many, many, many different reasons. And to be honest, I don't have much time for Biden either. But for me, the main thing is the policies that they enact. If we were voting for politicians based on their characters, it's not that the character is unimportant. I think it is important. But it's what they actually do that counts and how good they are at their job. Well, what did I hear that was so evil? It comes out of the U.S. Please listen to this. Today, Wisconsin, are you ready to make your voices heard? Do we trust women? Do we believe in reproductive freedom? Do we believe in the promise of America? And are we ready to fight for it? And when we fight, we win. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. That's President Kamala Harris smiling and smirking as only she can do. It is one of the most callous things you can possibly imagine. She's talking about freedom. She's talking about a fundamental freedom. She's talking about the promise of America. And you know what that promise is? Those of you who are Americans, apparently the promise of your country is that you're free to kill your own babies. Now, you can repackage that as reproductive health care or as women getting to choose from their own bodies. But you're lying both ways. First of all, it's not health care, except in incredibly few exceptional circumstances if the mother's life was in danger. And secondly... It's not just your body. There are at least two other bodies involved. And this right to kill your own child, when did that become what America was? Well, if it is, America deserves every single ounce of judgment that's coming to it. Now, I understand from a political point of view that Biden is in real trouble. He uh, is senile, or at least looking incredibly incapable, and Kamala Harris isn't exactly the the smartest tack in the box. But to set up your whole election campaign, it's going to be based on two things. I will guarantee you this. And I know this because every single day I get a couple of tweets, at least two, sometimes three, four, from Biden and particularly from Harris saying this election is about abortion, protect freedom. And it's really saying celebrate abortion. I mean, Biden said in one of his tweets, don't politicize the issue when he himself is using it as the center of his campaign in the hope that it will be an election winner. Now, actually, it could be. Politically, that might be right. But if it is, America's gone to hell. I mean, that once great nation will be destroying itself by destroying its own children and certainly its own morality and, incidentally, its own language and its own politicians. You know, Biden once opposed abortion. Biden says he's a Catholic. (laughs) And yet he's the one who says don't politicize the issue when he's making it the center of his platform. And here's another example Again, this is Harris. Many of us often think about the future of our country in the context of our children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they talk about their concern that if their daughter is going to college, will she go to a state 
where she will have access to the health care she might need, including reproductive health. Now, this is how evil it has become. Parents are saying to Harris, this is the great concern, that if their child goes to university, if their daughter goes to university and can't have an abortion, they won't go. I don't think there's any time in previous history in the United States where that would have made any sense. It doesn't make sense today. She talks about access to abortion and concern for our children, except, of course, children in the womb. This is absolute evil. Now, I am, a, a, I am not a, a fan of single-issue politics, and I'm not a fan of questioning how people vote. But in this instance, I cannot understand how any Christian whatsoever would vote for a party not only where this was their policy, but this is their major policy. You could have two parties who have a policy where they will allow abortion and different ways of supporting it and all the rest of it. But to have, but for you to vote for a president who's standing on abortion on demand up to birth as a fundamental, inverted commas, right, that to me is worse than voting for somebody who says he's going to enslave black people. It's at least at the same level. You know, there are lots and lots and lots of important issues, but how could anyone with any kind of conscience vote for that? You know, imagine if people were saying, yeah, well, uh, I don't like uh, Trump. He's, you know, he's an ugly character, but I think I'll vote for him because he supports a policy of enslaving people. It doesn't make any sense. Or you're going to vote... I just... Oh, anyway, enough of that. Right. Um, let's ch change tack a bit. Here's a little bit of Boogie Woogie. someone called Dr. K. Um, he makes piano videos. I sometimes watch them They're on YouTube. They're very, very good. Where he basically plays pianos in various setups, but often at the piano in St. Pancras Railway Station in London, donated by Elton John. Well, he was doing his usual when uh, uh, this, this really incredible incident happened, and as a result, it's gone all over the world and gone viral. And uh, YouTube had been told to take it down. In fact, YouTube are probably going to take it down because that's the power of Chinese censorship. Listen to this. This is all right we're protecting and that's it. But what right? I don't understand. Image right. We are protecting our own image right. You're not sharing. But this, we're in public. Yeah, exactly. But no. we're in a free country, mate. That's true. We're you not are in, in a communist free country. China now, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. This is reasons now. We have no, we're not in communist China. We're in no, a free no, no, country. No, 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 no. We've got a Chinese flag It there. doesn't matter. Show me the Chinese flag. Why are you touching her? Stop touching her! Don't touch her, please. Touch do not touch her. Please, you are not the same age. Please do not touch now, her. That, that's extraordinary. Yeah, what, what happened here was these Chinese film crew, I think it were, uh, they were said they were making a commercial, 
came up to him, watching him, and then said, now you have to delete your film because uh, we have our image rights, which was ironic given that they were filming in the station and filming other people, and they were filming Dr. K, by the way, without his permission. But we have our image rights, and you have to do this. And he said no, and then he asked about the communist flag she was flying. He said to her, well, this is not China. And the guy, as you heard, shouted at him and everything else. But what was even more astonishing was when the police came, they said, well, you can't say this isn't China because that's racist. Uh, it's London. And this is someone from the Chinese Communist Party waving a Chinese Communist flag, telling him that he can't film in his own country. No, this is it. Understandably, if you're in China with this authoritarian regime and they tell you to stop, you stop. But he can't do what he's normally been doing. And again, I, I, I'm totally astounded at YouTube about to take it down. And our police saying it's racist to speak about the Chinese Communist Party. Are there no human rights? Well, not according to Noah Harari, uh, a writer I read uh, with increasing despair, a very, very influential writer amongst the elites, an Israeli. Um, here's part of a phenomenally popular TED talk he recently gave. Many, maybe most legal systems are based on this idea, this belief in human rights. But human rights are just like heaven and like God. It's just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. It may be a very nice story. It may be a very attractive story. We want to believe it. But it's just a story. It's not a reality. It is not a biological reality. Just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, homo sapiens have no rights also. Take a human, cut him open, look inside, you find their blood, and you find the heart and lungs and kidneys, but you don't find there any rights. The only place you find rights is in the fictional stories that humans have invented and spread around. And the same thing is also true in the political field. States and nations are also like human rights and like God and like heaven. They too are just stories. A mountain is a reality. You can see it, you can touch it, you can even smell it. But Israel or the United States, they are just stories, very powerful stories, stories we might want to believe very much, but still they are just stories. You can't really see the United States. You cannot touch it, you cannot smell it. See, this is where rejecting your Christianity goes. See all these people marching about human rights. Noah Harari is telling the truth according to your philosophy. Human rights don't exist. Why? They're just a fictional story. They're not a reality. The only reality is biological reality. If you cut open humans, he says, you find blood and hearts, but no no rights. Yeah, but you also find no love. You also find no music. You also find no justice. You also find no peace. And he does become absurd, doesn't he? You can't see or touch the USA or smell it. Yeah, actually you can. I've been there. Um... (laughs) Yeah, you can. And believe you me, you can see, touch and smell Australia. What a very narrow, limited, twisted, perverted view of humanity the great thought leader Harari has. eh? So this is my number 83 song, uh, the wonderful Aerosmith, with uh, a song that I, I just love it. Every time I look in the mirror, all those lines on my face getting clearer. The past is gone. It went by like dust to dawn isn't that the way 
Everybody's got their dues in life to pay. Half my life's in books, written pages, lived and learned from fools and from sages. All these things come back to you. Sing with me, sing for the years, sing for the laughter, sing for the deer. Maybe tomorrow the good Lord will take you away. Yeah, love Aerosmith. Okay, a little bit of good news um, on the trans front. A gender critical academic has won her case, Joe Phoenix, uh, against the Open University. They ruled that she suffered discrimination, harassment, and was constructively dismissed by the OU because the university failed to protect Phoenix out of fear of being seen to support gender critical beliefs. Well, well done to that feminist, and well done to others who continue to fight that cause. Brilliant. The fact that she has to do it just shows how much our elite's brains have been damaged, at least collectively. And so here is my number, I think it was my number 81 song. Pink Floyd, of course, and Brain Damage. The lunatic is in my head You raise the blade You make the change You rearrange me till I'm sane You lock the door Throw away the key there's someone in my head, but it's not me
Now, we've mentioned quite a lot about anti-Semitism, um, and it is growing. Uh, there are just an incredible, incredible amount of evidence of the ignorance of people who are demonstrating. And uh, here's just a small part of it. I feel very unsafe knowing that half the world is controlled by Zionists, all the major corporations, all the biggest companies. Um, and it's only this time round I've come to realise how much of the world is actually controlled by so Zionists. So there are some people who might take offence to the term animal holocaust. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you think... Okay, so uh, I can understand somebody coming at the subject afresh um, without knowing any of the details, taking offence to it. And, uh, but I would, I would ask them to have a look at the actual definition of the world, word Holocaust comes from and how it's related. It's about otherism, Take, uh, taking others, uh, whether they be of the same species or a different species, and making a different rule for them because they're different. And so they're very much related. Israel is not a real country. I think it should be all Palestine, not two-state. In the UK, you know, Hamas, uh, they're outlawed as a terrorist organisation. So if, if you make a statement in favour of them, that's a, that's a crime under UK law. Do you, do you think that's that's the right way of handling it? I didn't realise it was a crime. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a crime to express support for a terrorist organisation. Okay, sure. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> now, I actually think these are far more common than people realise. The old Zionist myth, Zionists control half the world. You know, the Jews are taking over. It's the blood libel as well. Zionists are eating your children. The old Israel is not a real country, whereas Palestine, which has never existed as a country, is. And perhaps one of the more bizarre ones is what's going on is as bad as the animal holocaust and by a gentleman who thinks that what I did working on a farm was equivalent to working in Auschwitz. And these people run our society. Ugh. I mentioned coffee a while ago. Um, let me play you a little of this and I'll explain why. Du böses Kind, du loses Mädchen, ach, wenn erlang ich meinen Zweck. Mir den Kaffee weg. Herr Vater, sei doch nicht so scharf, wenn ich des Tages nicht drüben in Schürchen Kaffee trinken darf. So werde ich ja zu meiner Qual wie ein verdorrtes Ziegenbrettchen. That's Bach's Coffee Cantata. I didn't know that existed. Um, it's called Schweig still, plaudert nicht. Be still, chop chattering. Uh, and it's an ode to coffee written in the 1730s. And at that time in the 1730s, there were fears that coffee was an immoral beverage entirely unfit for consumption. Well, I, I'm uh, what I'm drinking right now to keep my throat going. Um, is a 12-year-old Glenlivet, actually, so some people would consider that to be an immoral beverage. I don't. But uh, in the 18th century, coffee shops were known to be boisterous places of conversation, 
and unchaperoned meeting places for young romantics and birthplaces of political plots. So Bach loved coffee and he wrote this 10 movement piece telling the story of a father attempting to persuade his daughter to give up her coffee addiction so that she might get married. But in the end, she just becomes a coffee drinking bride. Bride. Yeah, wonderful. Climate change. Well, there's been another victim here. And it's in Wales. And this is pretty serious. Listen to a bit of this. Well, it's a devastating blow for this community. Not just the steel workers who've been told about the extraordinary level of jobs, but the wider community. Because steel making really does mean something to this town. Not just in the multiplier of jobs, we think there are at least three jobs reliant on every job here in the steel works, but they're well paid jobs here. And it does mean sort of how the community sees itself as well. It's not, uh, it's not a community that has a significant amount of well paid employment around it to replace the scale of the job losses that have been proposed. It's not the most. Port Talbot. Now, steel is so important for so many reasons. Um, if a country doesn't produce its own steel, the European Union was originally the European Coal and Steelmaking Union. Uh, you could argue the Second World War started in one sense because of steel. Steel, it is hugely important, and it's hugely important that a nation controls its own steel. Well, because of the price of energy, so UK industry is being pri- paying prices for electricity 60 to 80% higher than French or German industry, £113 per megawatt hour in the UK versus 61 in France and Germany. British electricity prices have doubled um, because of the extra cost of renewables essential to the net zero strategy. So net zero, not Brexit, net zero has cost us our steelmaking capacity. Industrial energy prices in India and China are just one-third of Europe's lower energy prices. Now, other things are going. The last aluminium smelter, Loch Aber, is going to go. I'm sure it will. Scotland's last oil refinery at Grangemouth has been scheduled for closer. Decimating British heavy industry helps us reach our net zero target, but by converting Port Talbot to greater electric arc production, that may cut our CO2 emissions by 1.5%, but China's CO2 emissions rose 13% in the past decade as we buy steel from China, made from electricity coming from dirty coal. Yeah. Same time, Sir Chris Llewellyn Smith, who led a Royal Society study on future energy supplies, said that some of the policies on which the government is basing, or some of the data on which the government is basing its policies, looked at weather for a year, for a year, to deal with climate change. <laughs> wow. Um, and then uh, here in Australia, the Sydney Morning Herald had this very solemn piece from a well-respected writer quoting Trump saying, drill, baby, drill, and saying this would be terrible for the climate. Yeah, yeah I've heard it all before, because that's what we heard about Biden coming in. Well, since Biden came in, US oil production is now at 13.3 barrels per day, million barrels per day. It was 10.8 million five years ago. Qatar has just spent $150 billion to increase oil production by 50% to 7 million barrels by 2027. Brazil, with its newly elected green president, 
is just increasing its production from 3.1 million to 5.4 million. And Canada, with the oh-so-self-righteous green environmental progressive Trudeau, has increased by 375,000 pounds, pounds, barrels per day. Yeah. All right. Um, have you been to this musical? If I were a rich man, all day long I bid a bid a bum. If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. If I were a bit of bit of rich, idle, diddle, diddle, diddle man, I'd build a big tall house with the rooms by the dozen right in the middle of the town. A fine tin roof with the real wooden floors below. There would be one long staircase just going up and one even longer coming down. And one more leading nowhere just for show. Fiddler on the Roof. Love it. Mention it because Norman Jewison, who made one of the great dramas in the heat of the night, was also the director of Fiddler on the Roof, and he died on Saturday at his home. He was aged 97. And then one of this, this is fascinating from Russell, Bla- Russell Brand. The reason I wear a cross is because Christianity, and in particular, the figure of Christ are, it seems to me, inevitably becoming more important as I become more familiar with suffering, purpose, self, and not self. Reading the Bible a lot more, and as I've told you before, I'm reading Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life. When I grew up, Christianity seemed like it was either really irrelevant and old-fashioned and sort of dusty and sort of incense and sort of a domine or they tried to modernize it and it seems just like right okay we're going to talk about jesus and like both of those routes seem like oh, i don't know if there's anything for me and i suppose it takes a certain amount of adulthood and it might be different for all of us for me it seems that it's taken quite a lot to recognize that you need i need a personal relationship with god it occurred to me that if instead of always talking to myself inwardly, I could replace one of those voices with an indwelling God. It says in Galatians, it is our job to die so that as Christ died on the cross, he might be reborn in us. I'm very interested to hear what you think because for me, my heart is open. Let me know what you think in the comments and chat. Now, people mock Russell Brand, and I'm not going to say much about this. I'm going to refer you to an article written by Steve McAlpine, my good friend here which points out the issues. But what I love about this, he talks about self and not self. He talks about needing a personal relationship with God, not just Christianity for society. He even cites Galatians. I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's for real. But I wouldn't have known that about Paul or anyone else. Who knows? Pray for Russell Bland. Meanwhile, those who affirm themselves as Christians aren't doing too well. Once again, we've just got more scandal. It's ridiculous. The International House of Prayer, Kansas City, has banned Bob Hartley, a self-proclaimed prophet with close ties to its founder, Mike Bickle, 
from its prayer room due to recent allegations of sexual misconduct. Thanks again to Julie Royce, who does a great job in exposing this kind of stuff. The Southern Baptist leader, Pressler, who was meant to be a conservative guiding it back to the Bible, has uh, fallen because, again, of abuse. You know, when I, I go back to the to, to Bickle and um, the Kansas City Prophets, I remember speaking at Klan in 2007. Now, Klan was a big charismatic ga- gathering in St. Andrews, and the Kansas City Prophet, John Paul Jackson, was there. And I remember going to speak. I remember Archie Kendall being there as well. Um, <laughs> and I just remember the most extraordinary thing. I was speaking in a tent, and... About 500 people were there. I wasn't a main speaker. And uh, somebody asked me a question. What would you do if someone told you to eat grass to show your faith in Christ? And I I just thought it was a hypothetical question. I didn't know anything. And I just said, um, I would ask if they'd been smoking it rather than eating it. And people burst out laughing. But there were one or two gasps. Well, apparently on the main stage the night before, John Paul Jackson had stood up and told, said people that God had told him that the people were to reach down, pull up some grass from the field because it was outdoors and eat it to show their faith. <laughs> it was just nuts. In 1987, John Paul Jackson prophesied, there's going to be a fall of the stock market. They're shaking just as the Lord said this spring. 1988 will be a severe year for the stock market. Didn't happen at all. In fact, it, the market closed higher than it began. He was accused of giving multiple false prophecies. And yet, so many people buy into this stuff. Why? Why do they? Ugh. All right, let's go to the Bible uh, to finish with. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to go to Seek. Seek 21, the book of Job. Um, excuse me. Um, the question was, can you justify the book of Job? And of course, we look at Job. I talk about John Milton's Paradise Lost. Uh, I think Job's a fabulous book. As I said, there's a film coming out about Job that I've been trying to help some people with, and I think it's going to be a tremendous resource. Um, I love the book. I love um, The Wisdom of the Cross, Christopher Ash's, Ash's commentary on it. You could do yourself a whole lot worse than read Paradise Lost and The Wisdom of the Cross. And I'm going to leave you with a piece of music uh, from Job. Well, it's from Handel. Um, by Sylvia McNair, the singer, Sir Martin in the Fields, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. I want to thank Peter for producing this. Please send any responses and contributions. If you want to contribute, please feel free to do so. Um, I have contact details up on the website, www.theweeflee.com. And uh, please enjoy this music, and hopefully I shall see you restored to full health next week and we'll see if we can get this special on Scotland to you. God bless you. <laughs>